Chapter 8, The Destroying Angel. Prepare ye, prepare ye, for that which is to come, for the Lord is nigh. Doctrine and Covenants 1, verse 12. Ancient Israel and the Destroying Angel. In the book of Exodus, we learn about how God delivered Israel from the hands of Pharaoh and led them toward the promised land. The story begins with Moses, who had just returned from his 40-year journey in the wilderness with a message for Pharaoh. The phrase we know all too well, let my people go. The Lord had instructed Moses to free the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. After he, through Aaron, demanded their release, Pharaoh angrily responded that he would never free the Hebrew slaves. In response, the Lord instructed Moses to go forth and to stretch forth his rod into the water and to turn the water to blood. Still, Pharaoh disbelieved and refused to let the people go. This scene played out nine times over, and each time a new plague was released on Egypt. Locusts destroyed the crops, frogs came in droves, boils infected the people, and even fire rained down from heaven. Each time, Moses implored Pharaoh to release the Israelites and free Egypt from these horrific plagues. But Pharaoh only grew more angry and obstinate. In a final attempt, Moses begged Pharaoh to let the Israelites free, to which Pharaoh hardened his heart and threatened to kill Moses. Moses entreated him, but the prophesied... Uh, but then prophesied of the final plague that would soon cause untold pain and death. This time, it was not just another plague. This last affliction was the destroying angel. Moses then gave the Israelites the sign each family would need to be spared, the blood of an unblemished firstborn lamb. It was to be painted upon the door frames of each of their homes. Each family who did this would be spared their firstborn child. Those who did not had no such promise. At midnight, the destroying angel arrived. We are told in this account that none were spared but the righteous who had the token of blood above their doorpost. The scriptures say that there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house that, was, that there was not one dead. This event has since been known as the Passover. After this scene of sorrow and death, Pharaoh tells the Israelites to leave. Finally, as the Lord had foretold, his people were free. Then the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea occurred, where Moses took the Israelites through on dry ground, just before the water swept away the pursuing Egyptians. At last, the people were free from the bondage and burdens that they had endured for so long. They were free to worship, gather, and receive the law. After years, they were finally free from the grasps of their oppressors. Section A Pattern in All Things this story, while both sad and triumphant, is far more than just a nice history lesson. Rather, it could be an important and relevant history lesson. Um, in the course of our study of the Word of Wisdom, we discovered some interesting passages that led us to believe that this history will repeat itself, at least in some fashion. Central to understanding this is, of course, the Word of Wisdom. President George Albert Smith perhaps admonished the saints... To figure this out when he said, quote, Let me plead with you. Search the word of wisdom prayerfully. Do not just read it. Search it prayerfully. Discover what our Heavenly Father gave it for. End quote. This implies that although the Lord is direct, the meaning is not necessarily spelled out. It requires study, meditation, and prayer. Surely the Lord gave the word of wisdom for our health and for greater capacity to fill the spirit, as we have already discussed. But what if the word of wisdom was also given to save us from death and destruction in the last days? In Doctrine and Covenants 52, the Lord tells us, quote, I, will give you un I, I will give unto you a 
pattern in all things. End quote. Indeed, the writings of Isaiah are filled with patterns and passages that applied both to the Savior's first coming as well as his second. Patterns are evident throughout prophecy and the standard works. Perhaps the children of Israel and their flight from Egypt represent a pattern for the Lord's modern covenant people. This case is strengthened even further when we turn to the scriptures and find that the pattern is even more apparent. In our study, we found that many of the ancient plagues released upon Egypt will again be released upon the world in the last days. Water to Blood Revelation 16, 3-4, And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. Frogs. Revelation 16, 13, And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Flies. Doctrine and Covenants 29.18 Wherefore I, the Lord God, will send forth flies upon the face of the earth, which shall take hold of the inhabitants thereof, and shall eat their flesh, and shall cause maggots to come in upon them. Sores. Revelation 16.2 And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped the image. Hail and fire. Revelation 8, 7. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Locusts. Revelation 9, 3. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpion of the earth have power. Darkness. Revelation 8, 12. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not, for a third part of it, and the light, night likewise. Destroying Angel, Doctrine and Covenants 89.21, And I, the Lord, given to them a promise, that the destroying angel shall pass by them as the children of Israel, and not slay them. Amen. The similarities are indeed striking. However, it is important to note that not all of the plagues mentioned in Exodus can be found in Scripture about the last days. Nor does the book of Exodus contain all of the plagues and signs that will be poured out upon the world in the last days. But again, perhaps this is a pattern given for our instruction. Section The Destroying Angel If we are to follow this pattern, we would reasonably believe that the destroying angel of the last days will be a final event of many of the plagues and destruction sent down from heaven before modern Israel is led to greater freedom and happiness. With this in mind, perhaps none of the blessings contained in the word of wisdom have as far-reaching effect as the one stated in verse 21. It bears repeating, quote, And I, the Lord, give unto them a promise, that the destroying angel shall pass by them, as the children of Israel, and not slay them, end quote. When most of us read this, we think that the Lord is speaking symbolically and that the phrase destroying angel is a reference to general disease and early death. While this may be true, if we keep the word of wisdom, we will have greater health and will be spared from many diseases and early death. The Lord was speaking literally. There are two obvious reasons for this. First, as we discussed in the first chapter of this book, Joseph Smith recorded that we should take the word of wisdom literally. It means what it says. Second, after saying that the destroying angel would pass by, the Lord gives reference to the children of Israel 
who had a literal destroying angel pass by them to free them from the oppression of the Egyptians. The Lord specifically points out the pattern. What is interesting to note about this verse is that the Lord is specifically saying what he promises. It's almost as if the promised blessings preceding this one are simply the natural consequences of following the principles. If we follow these principles, we will naturally have health and strength. This makes sense considering that Joseph Smith taught that consequences and blessings are tied to God's laws. But with this particular promise, the Lord appears to say that he will protect us from the destroying angel. This promise is different than the others. Section Modern Prophets Agree The idea of a literal destroying angel is not only our perspective, but the perspective of modern prophets as well. For example, President Harold B. Lee taught about the magnitude of the word of wisdom and this verse when he said, quote, The Lord's word of wisdom counsels the simple diet of fruits, grains, and vegetables in season. If by faith in this great law you refrain from the use of food and drink harmful to your bodies, you will not become a ready prey to scourges that shall sweep the land, as in the days of the people of Moses in Egypt, bringing death to every household that is not heeded the commandments of God. End quote. Another prophet, namely Ezra Taft Benson, echoed the same thought quote, The Lord has set loose the angels to reap down the earth, but those who obey the wisdom the word of wisdom along with the other commandments, are assured that the destroying angels shall pass by them as the children of Israel and not slay them. End quote. Similarly, Elder Brigham Young Jr. taught of a literal destroying angel in connection with the word of wisdom. He said, quote, How many of us have disregarded the word of wisdom in every particular? It is to be found on page 240 of the Doctrine and Covenants, and it shadows to me that a time will come in the midst of this people when a desolating scourge will pass through our ranks. And the destroying angel will be in the, our midst as he was in Egypt when he slew all of the firstborn of the Egyptians. God says the destroying angel shall pass by and shall not harm you, if you will observe to do these things. Some form of the destroying angel or angels will be present in the last days, and the word of wisdom is the sign or token needed to be spared just as ancient Israel had their sign. <clears throat> Current president of the church, Russell M. Nelson, previously taught this, quote, At the first Passover, the destroying angel did pass over houses that were marked with blood on their doorposts. In our day, the faithful keep the word of wisdom. It is one of our signs unto God that we are his covenant people. End quote. On another occasion, he said, quote, In faith, modern Israel is commanded to obey the word of wisdom. It becomes our token of a covenant with the Lord, a spiritual separator of covenant Israel from the rest of the world, end quote. Just as ancient Israel was given a sign to protect against the destroying angel, modern Israel has also been given a sign. Doctrine and Covenants 89 is the only place in Holy Scripture that we are given a promise of protection against this destroying angel. The only other time an offer of protection against this coming plague is given to us in all of the restored gospel is in the temple. It ought then to be understood by each of us that this is an extremely important matter for us to consider. Section Modern Israel's Freedom from Oppression With ancient Israel, the destroyer paved the way for Moses to lead the children of Israel to that promised land. If we follow this pattern, perhaps the same could be said for modern Israel. The Israelites were held captive by the Egyptians and were not able to worship God as they were commanded. It was not until God sent the destroying angel that Pharaoh softened his heart and let God's people go. In our day, Pharaoh and the kingdom of Egypt could be a representation of the church of the devil. 
In the Book of Mormon, Nephi tells us that the church of the devil, the whore of all the earth, will make war with Christ and his saints. Similarly, in the book of Revelation, John informs us that this great whore is also known as great, the Babylon the Great, the enemy of Christ and his saints. It would logically follow, then, that the destroying angel would be what sets the saints free from the oppression and trials to come in the last days. If we turn to DNC 105.15, this appears to be the case. Um, Behold the destroyer I have sent forth to destroy and lay waste mine enemies. As we keep reading to the end of the verse, the Lord says something interesting. It may not, and not many years hence, they shall not be left to pollute mine heritage and to blaspheme my name upon the lands which I have consecrated for the gathering together of my saints. The land that the Lord is talking about is the land of Missouri where the New Jerusalem will be built. Section 105 was given to the prophet Joseph Smith in Zion's camp, when, because of the transgressions of the people, they were to wait for a little season for the redemption of Zion, which is yet to transpire. Could the Lord be telling us that in the last days the destroyer will pave the way for his people to return to the land of Zion? This interpretation of destruction set forth upon the land, specifically America, Preceding the establishment of the New Jerusalem appears to be confirmed by the Savior himself in the Book of Mormon. Speaking of the Gentiles in the land and those of his church, the Lord told the Nephites, I will execute vengeance and fury upon them, even as upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. After this great destruction, the Lord promises that those who remain and turn to him will help establish the New Jerusalem. In Egypt, the children of Israel were able to escape the plagues as they followed the commandments given by Moses. So too, in the last days, can the saints escape the plagues that shall come upon the land if we give heed to what the Lord commands. As the Lord said in Doctrine and Covenants 97, quote, The Lord's scourge shall pass over by night and by day, and the report thereof shall vex all people. Yea, it shall not be stayed until the Lord is come. Nevertheless, Zion shall escape if she observe to do all things whatsoever I have commanded her. But if she observe not to do whatsoever I have commanded her, I will visit her according to all her works, with sore affliction, with pestilence, with plague, with sword, with vengeance, with devouring fire. End quote. President J. Reuben Clark echoed these verses in conjunction with the word of wisdom when he proclaimed, quote, This does not say, and this does not mean, that to keep the word of wisdom is to ensure us against death, for death is, in the eternal plan, co-equal with birth. This is the eternal decree. But it does mean that the destroying angel, he who comes to punish the unrighteous for their sins, as he is old and time afflicted, the corrupt Egyptians in their wickedness, shall pass by the saints who are walking in obedience to the commandments and who remember to keep and do these sayings. End quote. After the faithful Israelites avoided the plagues and destruction, they were eventually led to the promised land to build a new society. In our day, it may not take 40 years for the time of the destruction. Uh, from the time of the destruction to the time Zion is redeemed by the Lord and his people. When will these things come to pass? We don't know. But the Lord has said that the angels are crying unto the Lord day and night, who are ready and waiting to be sent forth to reap down the fields. How great the importance then for us to live the principles contained in the revelation and do it now. The Lord... Uh, <laughs> The word of wisdom is absolutely about the health of our bodies, but it is also a shield and a protection for us in the last days. Through this law of health, we are offered 
specific protection against the destruction preceding the building up of the new Jerusalem. Indeed, it must be that every aspect of the word of wisdom is followed before Zion can rise in all her glory. As stated by the prophet Joseph Smith, men must, quote, men must come harmless before the brute creation. And when men lose their vicious dispositions and cease to destroy the animal race, the lion and the lamb can dwell together and the suckling child can play with the serpent in safety, end quote. It is quite likely that the plagues in the destroying angel will bring great destruction and upheaval to our society and our way of life. However, all of the pain and sorrow will be swallowed up in the glory of the new Jerusalem. Surely it will be a land of peace, a city of refuge, a place of safety for the saints of the Most High God, where the Lord has said the power of heaven shall come down among them, and I also will be in the midst. With the Savior personally present, this truly will be Zion, although we don't know when or how exactly these things will take place. One of the simplest steps each of us can take toward preparing for this wondrous event is to live the word of wisdom as best as we can understand. As Eliza R. Snow reminded us, Zion is where, quote, we shall meet the Savior face to face. The celestial law must be kept by those who go there. No one can go who does not keep the word of wisdom, end quote. Section Blood on the Doorpost. The word of wisdom is so much more than just a dietary code of, or law for greater health. It is the blood on our doorpost. It is a token of God's covenant people. It is what will separate those who are destroyed and those who will be spared. For the Lord has decreed it. This is why the word of wisdom is so important. This is why we hope that each person can better obey the word of wisdom. Every part of the word of wisdom matters. It is not simply avoidance of coffee, tea, ta tobacco, alcohol, and drugs that will give us protection. It is our use of wholesome foods, and our avoidance of meat, except in certain times. It is our focus on grains, use of herbs, and so much more. We can only be blessed according to our level of obedience. While many of us may believe that adherence to the list of don'ts may grant us access to the temple, it very well could be that our adherence to all of the word of wisdom will determine our protection against the destroying angel. Every aspect of DNC 89 matters, as it could be the very thing that saves us. There is no effort too extreme, no study too long, no prayer too fervent in our quest to better obey the word of wisdom. The blessings from obedience are immeasurable and can be experienced immediately. The clear conscience, the healthy body, the quick mind, the companionship of the spirit can be ours if we will but obey. Perhaps no one has expounded on the importance of the word of wisdom better and more succinctly than Hiram Smith when he said, quote, Let these things be adhered to. So shall we be blessed of the great Jehovah in time and in eternity. We shall be healthy, strong, and vigorous. We shall be enabled to resist disease. And wisdom will crown our counsels, and our bodies will become strong and powerful. We shall prepare ourselves for the purposes of Jehovah, for the kingdom of God, for the appearance of Jesus in his glory. Zion will be exalted and become the praise of the whole earth. End quote. 